Working as the Post and Courier's Clemson reporter, I get to cover some of the top teams in the nation. One of the things that makes my job really interesting is being able to be at the facility, talking to the players, getting to learn their stories. With a subscription to the Tiger Take, you'll not only get to read everything I write on postandcourier.com, but you'll also get the latest updates straight to your inbox. But more than that, you'll get insights that you won't find anywhere else. Hey guys, this is John Blau, your Clemson reporter for the Post and Courier here with Emily Liker from the Post Standard from Syracuse here to discuss the Clemson-Syracuse game this weekend. Before we get to that, just a regular advertisement for our daily newsletter, The Tiger Take. Uh, if you haven't seen it, basically uh, send you extra little tidbits, notes, stories from the road. Uh, if you want to subscribe to that, that's postandcourier.com forward slash the tiger take. Uh, but let's get back with Emily. Uh, Emily, thanks for joining us here. Uh, very interesting matchup. I think probably when we looked at the schedule, Lisa's Clemson reporter Syracuse at this week wasn't the game that we were saying this is going to be a big one. But both teams undefeated. Syracuse is uh, up into the top 15 in the polls. Uh, just kind of get us up to speed. Why is Syracuse having so much success? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing is they completely revamped their offense this offseason, so brought in a new offensive coordinator, new quarterbacks coach, new wide receivers coach. Those three have just kind of done wonders for this offense. Garrett Schrader looks like a completely new quarterback. He's vastly improved his completion percentage. He's still just as dangerous as he is on his feet. And then you've got other weapons like Sean Tucker. You have a Rondé Gadsden now at like a wide out tight end position. So really the the kind of key to this has been the improvement of the offense and then just the consistency of the defense. I mean, the defense has been the stronger suit of Syracuse's team for a couple of years now. And that is still the case this year. They've just continued to hold down the fort for Syracuse in some tough moments. And then Schrader is there to finish them out in games like Purdue and Virginia and such. Yeah. And Garrett Schrader, you talk about him, obviously DJ Uyungle is a vastly improved quarterback for Clemson. So we kind of understand this storyline. Uh, Garrett Schrader, I think Dabo Sweeney was saying he's a guy that just will run you over. Like he actually enjoys contact as a quarterback. Um, how much is his running threat still his primary weapon or has he really become a more of a pass first quarterback? I mean, how, how would you say uh, defenses have the game plan for him? You know, I think he's throughout the season become more pass first. I think when it started, he still had that tendency to want to run the ball very often. I think one thing that we've seen is defenses have really been trying to shut down running back Sean Tucker. So then they've just automatically gone to the passing game, which has then created less opportunities for Schrader maybe to pull the ball and run or whatever. He still runs a lot and Dabo's right. He will run right through you. There are plenty of times each game where I'm like, oh my God, he's going to go down. Like there's no way, like that looks like a bad hit, whatever. And he just pops right back up. He's a big guy, so he can handle it. And yeah, I mean, he he is dangerous on the ground. We didn't see it as much last week against NC State. He really just kind of stuck to the passing game, but I assume this game's going to be a little bit scrappier than this that one, so I expect to see him running the ball a lot. Yeah, I mean, how excited are you just to see the battle in the trenches uh, between these two teams? I think Syracuse, from what Debo Sweeney was talking about, brings back its entire offensive line from last year. Obviously, Sean Tucker, a great running back, and Clemson, obviously much hyped on the, along the defensive line coming into the year uh, with the quote-unquote Avengers and, and all the talent they have there. So 
is that really where you're, you're watching the game? Uh, the game is won or lost between those two um, units. And do you have a kind of feel for who's stronger, I guess? Uh, are, are you wondering, you know, how Syracuse's offensive line is going to do against this D-line? Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, that's probably one of the biggest questions going into this game. I think Syracuse's offensive line is really solid. Last night, they were just selected for a short list for a national award. I can't remember which one, but they're a really good group. But yeah, the, I mean, this Clemson D-line, I remember looking at it in the offseason when it when like the first all ACC teams and stuff like that were coming out. And I was like, that's going to be dangerous later in the season when Syracuse has to go up against it. So I do think it's really going to come down to those trench battles, I think, on the opposite side, like looking at Syracuse's defensive line and linebackers going against Clemson's offensive line. I think this game will really be decided like at the line of scrimmage. So it'll be interesting to see those battles go down. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the defense that you bring up, um, Dabo Sweeney was saying, this is a group that's not very big up front. I think I even wrote down the the sizes that they are 219 pounds at one defensive end, 266 pounds at defensive tackle, and 268 at another defensive end, but that they're everywhere. It's just very chaos driven in terms of the way they move up front. I mean, what, what challenges... Um, I guess, what is Syracuse trying to accomplish defensively in terms of the way they move around and what kind of challenges do they pose for an offensive line from what you've seen? I mean, they're just constantly trying to put pressure on the quarterback. I mean, they blitz very often. They're sending Michael Jones, who want, who's one of the top ACC linebackers in there all the time just to blitz in and get the quarterback. So I think that's the biggest thing is just trying to not give the quarterback time. And so I'll be interested to see how DJ handles that. Cause like you alluded to, he's a lot more improved than this defense saw last year. Um, I don't know that they can like, I, they obviously practice against Schrader. So they're used to a quarterback who could scramble and stuff, but it, I'll be curious to see, like I said, with the matchup with the offensive line, how often they're able to break through and actually get there. Because I think if he, if he starts to scramble, they can go find him. It'll just be, does he get the ball out of his hands before then? Yeah. What is Dino Babbers and, you know, Syracuse said about DJ Uyongo? Like, again, we've uh, seen firsthand the improvements. Obviously, Dabo Sweeney, very high on him, has stuck behind him for a really long time, and obviously reaping the fruits of that now. But uh, in terms of defending him, I mean, what have you heard from the players, from the coaches at Syracuse about uh, what they think about, you know, defending DJ Uyongo away? Yeah, you know, I mean, Babers did a lot of compares, pairing him and Schrader to each other. Um, he gave a lot of credit to DJ for this offense's improvement as a whole. Um, so, I mean, they haven't been liking to get too much into nitty gritty when they talk with us, as you know, football teams like to keep uh, secrets to themselves <laughs> and things like that. But I think kind of like from my perspective, I would assume that there's a lot more first team on first team, potentially in practice, considering some of the similarities between these teams and the way they run their stuff and the personnel they have. Um, so just knowing that this defense has already been going against a guy like Schrader, who has all these similarities to DJ, I think they should be pretty well prepared to handle him. And I would guess that Babers is just kind of telling them like, look, you know, you go up against a guy like this a lot. And they've seen other talented quarterbacks so far this season too. I mean, Malik Cunningham for as bad as Louisville has been doing. He's still a phenomenal player. He was great in the season opener. Brennan Armstrong was pretty solid in the game against uh, Syracuse. Obviously last week 
didn't have Devin Leary in the NC State game, so they didn't get to go up against that. But I think Syracuse's defense is is pretty well prepared for for taking on DJ. Yeah. And just you bring up the schedule and some of the teams that Syracuse has played. I mean, I think probably the one knock everybody's going to say is, well, they haven't played anybody. And and B, they haven't played on the road, obviously. Um, um, Clemson has already played, I think, all four of their road games in, in the ACC schedule. So, I mean, how much of a test is this for Syracuse in terms of A, playing Clemson, but B, also going to the road to, to have to do that? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that – is going how Syracuse handles being on the road at Clemson is going to determine this game because I think on paper there are just so many similarities between these teams I think if they were playing up here in Syracuse I would be inclined honestly to pick Syracuse to win I just think they are so good at playing in their home environment and it's loud up here they stop defenses all the time with help from the crowd but going down there I heard maybe close to a sellout, someone told me yesterday, which is almost two times what a sellout up here looks like. And one thing Dino Babers pointed out on Monday is that while this team is used to there being noise when they're playing games, its offense isn't really used to that. So that's one thing I'm particularly interested in seeing. I mean, I talked to Aranda Gadsden, who's like their leading wide receiver right now. And he was kind of like, well, I just look at the ball. I'm not necessarily listening for anything, so it's not going to change a ton for me, but I'm curious to see how kind of like Schrader responds, if there's any miscues on snaps and stuff like that. Syracuse has already struggled with penalties, so I can see that being an issue for them in a loud environment like Death Valley. Yeah, like you said, close to a sellout. I think yesterday you told us there were 500 tickets left, which isn't a lot. So it'll be interesting to see if all of those get scooped up and what prices they go for uh, with so few left. Uh, but you mentioned Aronde Gadsden. That was one thing I wanted to get back to. He, his father is actually a Charleston native. So uh, connection for us. Um, kind of how much has he developed over the last year or so uh, to become the player he is? And why is he such a important part of Syracuse's offense? Yeah, it's funny. I was actually on the phone with his dad last night talking about this. Um, and before I get into how he's improved, fun fact, Gadsden's first visit, like his first visit as a Syracuse commit was the 28, 2020 Syracuse Clemson game down in Death Valley. And that was apparently the first time both of them have been to Clemson and they enjoyed it. So um, not as good a game for being a Syracuse commute commit that year, but um, Gadsden's been phenomenal. I mean, coming in, he was switching into that more tight end flex position that offensive coordinator Robert and I really loves. He played it a bunch at Virginia um, with the personnel he had there. And so there were definitely some, I think, questions for him about how that was going to work. I remember talking to him and I think before the season even started, I think it was the week leading up to the Louisville game. And he's like, yeah, well, I haven't ever really had to block anyone before. Like I'm used to just kind of doing like wide receiver cornerback coverage. So seeing the way he's evolved in blocking, I think has been a big thing. Like he, he isn't just used as a receiving tight end. He is used as a blocking tight end. Sometimes he's tall. So he has the the arm length and the strength to do it. He's put on some size, but really, I think the biggest thing is he is just so aware of the ball and his own body it feels like every catch we see him make he is right on the edge of being out of bounds like his game winner against Purdue he literally gets like one and a half foot feet in before he gets out of bounds and that's the end of the game so like he has such a high football IQ which 
comes from growing up around his dad and growing up around football, but he's been phenomenal for Syracuse. I mean, he has more than, I think, 300 more yards than the next closest receiver. So he he is the target that Clemson will want to shut down. All right. So I hate predictions personally, but my boss, Gene, makes me do them every week. So we're going to continue that tradition. Um, I guess, what would you say prediction-wise for a score in this game? What is your feel? Yeah, I've been losing sleep over this one, but I also have to turn one in in about an hour and a half to my boss. So <laughs> I'm glad you're making me do this now. I think the big thing I've been saying about this Syracuse team is they have a confidence that isn't cocky. Like they they feel very assured of what they can do. And I think if they can hold on to that and not get intimidated by this Clemson environment, they could do well. And oh boy, see, I'm putting it off because I don't want to <laughs> by trying to talk, but I'm going to go 21. 17 Syracuse but I don't think Syracuse I don't think Syracuse is gonna score like more than once in the first half like I think Clemson's gonna lead for most of this game and if Syracuse can pull it out it's gonna be in the fourth quarter because that's where we've seen the most chaoticness from them this season and ability to kind of pull things out so I wouldn't be surprised if if Syracuse goes down into the locker room down by two scores and then manages to shut Clemson out in the second half or just let them get a field goal. That's kind of my vibe is that it'll be a slow start for Syracuse and they come back late in the game. Again, I hate predictions because we have no idea what's going to happen. And I'm throwing that out there um, in terms of what I'm going to say is almost completely opposite. I think I'm going to go with a higher scoring game because Clemson's defense has had some issues at times. Syracuse you know, has that running game. Florida State had some success against Clemson last week. So I'm going to say something like 33 to 28 Clemson, something okay. weird like that. Uh, again, we have no idea. Who knows what's <laughs> going to happen? Uh, but uh, again, Emily, uh, th- thanks for coming on and sharing your expertise. I'm going to say one more time our newsletter, The Tiger Take, if you want to subscribe to that to get more insights during the week, um, postandcourier.com forward slash the tiger take. And Emily, I guess, let people know where to follow you and where to get your work. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at E-M-Liker, L-E-I-K-E-R. And then you can find all of our coverage of Syracuse and this upcoming game. We've done a lot of it at Syracuse.com. Sounds good. Again, Emily, thanks for coming on. We'll see you at the game. And thanks, guys, for listening. And we'll see you next week.